0: Listening to Talk Geek to Me News number eighty-two recorded for Wednesday, November twenty-eighth, twenty twelve. You are listening to the Tech Only Hacker Public Radio edition. To get the full podcast, including political commentary, and other controversial topics, please visit wwwtalkgeek to me.us. Here are the viral statistics for this program. Your feedback matters to me. Please send your comments to DG at deepgeek.us. The webpage for this program is it's at www.talkgeekto You can subscribe to me on Identica as the username Deep Geek, or you could follow me on Twitter. My username there is
1: DGTGTM, as in Deep Geek Talk Geek To Me. Hello and good day again. This is Pokey reading for Talk Geek To Me News. And now, the Tech News Roundup. From rawstory.com by David Ferguson, scientists create cartilage using 3D tissue printer. Scientists at Wake Forest University in North Carolina have developed a tissue printer that prints cartilage, flexible connective tissue that cushions our bones and joints. According to the Toronto Star, the printer, which was featured in a study published in the journal Biofabrication, by the Institute of Physics is a combination of an inkjet-style printer and an electro-spinning machine. Study co-author and professor at the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine, Dr. James Yu, said that the study, quote, illustrates that a combination of materials and fabrication methods generates durable implantable constructs, end quote. Previous attempts to create cartilage found that natural materials resulted in tissue that wasn't strong enough but robotically constructed scaffolds made of synthetic polymers prohibitively expensive and lacked flexibility. Key to the success of the Wake Forest study is the process of electrospinning, in which fibers made of a porous polymer called polycaprolactone are spun into scaffolds, which are then studded with cartilage cells called chondrocytes, Taken from the ears of rabbits, the porousness of the polycaprolactone fibers allow the chondrocytes to survive within the hybrid construction and flourish, maintaining their quote, basic biological properties within the printed layered constructs. End quote. The constructed cartilage has been used in laboratory mice successfully. Where after an average eight weeks, the implanted tissue had developed the quote, structures and properties end quote, of regular cartilage. Scientists project that they will be able to use MRIs or other body scans to assess the needs of individual patients, then use those imaging results blueprints to produce custom-made cartilage for implantation. From torrentfreak.com by Ernesto. Anonymous file-sharing darknet ruled illegal by German court. Court in Hamburg, Germany has granted an injunction against a user of the anonymous and encrypted file sharing network RetroShare. RetroShare users exchange data through encrypted transfers and the network setup ensures that the true sender of the file is always obfuscated. The court, however, has now ruled that RetroShare users who act as an exit node are liable for the encrypted traffic sent by others. Anonymous file sharing is booming, whether it's BitTorrent through a VPN proxy, or other anonymizing services, people are increasingly looking to hide their identities online. One application that gained interest earlier this year is RetroShare. Despite being actively developed for more than half a decade, its user base suddenly increased tenfold in just a few months. The RetroShare network allows people to create a private and encrypted file sharing network. Users add friends by exchanging PGP certificates to people they trust. All the communication is encrypted using OpenSSL, and files that are downloaded from strangers always go through a trusted friend. In other words, it's a true darknet, and virtually impossible to monitor by outsiders. At least that's the idea. This week, a Hamburg court ruled against a RetroShare user who passed on an encrypted transfer that turned out to be a copyrighted music file. The user in question was not aware of the transfer, and merely passed data in a way similar to how Tor works. Court, however ruled that the user in question, who was identified by the copyright holder, is responsible for passing on the encrypted song. The judge ordered an injunction against the RetroShare user, who was now forbidden from transferring the song, with a maximum penalty of €250,000 or a six-month prison term. Since RetroShare traffic is encrypted, this means that the user can no longer use the network without being at risk. The defendant is liable for the infringement of troublemakers! the court explained in its ruling. The Hamburg court's decision goes quite far, according to some legal experts. IT lawyer Thomas Stadler, for example, writes on his blog that the legal opinion is, quote, quite risky, unquote, as it puts all users of RetroShare in danger. Quote, it ultimately accuses the offender of failing to secure his Internet connection by running RetroShare and allowing other users of the RetroShare network to transfer copyright-protected works via his computer, unquote. It ultimately accuses the offender of failing to secure his internet connection by running RetroShare and allowing other users of the RetroShare network to transfer copyright-protected works via his computer, Statler writes. While the ruling is obviously a threat to RetroShare users, in part, it's also a human error by the user in question. RetroShare derives its security from the fact that all transfers go through, quote, trusted friends, end quote, who users themselves add. In this case, the defendant added the anti-piracy monitoring company as a friend, which allowed him to be, quote, caught, end quote. More troubling is the precedent the ruling sets for people who run open wireless networks, as the same issue arises there. According to this ruling, Internet subscribers are responsible for the transfer that takes place on their networks, making them liable for the copyright infringements of others. Update. Contrary to the U.S. and elsewhere, a previous ruling in Germany already makes wireless network operators liable for the copyright infringements of others. Update. Wildeburger Solmecher Law Firm told torn Freak that the ruling is, quote, not compelling, end quote. quote. exchanging data via retro share is not illegal as such. In contrast to many other file sharing websites, access to files to be exchanged can be restricted to selected friends, and so these files are not offered to all users of the website. In such cases, no copyright infringement occurs. In my view, there is no evidence that copyright-protected music has been made available to the general public. Although the firm ProMedia's investigations demonstrate that the respondent in this case offered a file via a file-sharing website, these investigations are not conclusive of the fact that the said file was generally made available to the public. It is possible that ProMedia posed as a, quote, friend, unquote, of the respondent. The decision of L.G. Hamburg is not compelling, end quote. From TechDirt.com, by Mike Masnick. Google asks people to speak out against ITU's attempt to take over Internet governance. From the Speak Up department, we've been covering how the UN's International Telecommunications Union, the ITU, has been moving forward with its plans next month to consider a number of proposals to take over aspects of Internet regulation and governments. There are, of course, a number of different proposals being submitted by different countries. The problem, of course, is that the setup of the ITU is not open to the public, and there are some special interests involved, many by countries with oppressive governments looking to use this as a way to gain control over the Internet for the sake of censorship, as well as local, often state-run or state-associated telcos, using the process to see if they can divert money from successful Internet companies to their own bank accounts. While the ITU likes to present itself as merely a neutral meeting place for all these proposals, what's been clear for a while is that the ITU leadership has taken an active role in encouraging, cultivating, and supporting some of the more egregious proposals. Some of this is due to the way in which the ITU leadership views the Internet. Some of it is due to an organization that realizes its own mandate is obsolete and it really serves little purpose anymore so it's coping by pretending its mandate is much broader, by doing so in a way that shows it has little understanding of the Internet other than, quote, something we want a mandate over, end quote. This seems to be one situation where, in the U.S., pretty much everyone is aligned against this effort. Politicians and companies, including telcos, tech companies, service providers, and more, are all quite worried what an ITU-governed Internet would lead to mostly funds being diverted from innovative companies to stagnant players and a much less open Internet. But the U.S. has only one vote in the upcoming WCIT event, where many of these proposals will be reviewed. ITU boss Hamadoun Torre pretends that the public has a voice in this process, but ridiculously shut down the public commenting tool on the ITU's website for telling everyone about it nice trick, that. However, if the ITU won't let the public comment, there's nothing preventing the public from speaking out elsewhere. This is, after all, one of the amazing wonders of the Internet which the ITU refuses to understand. It's a tool of communication and expression. Along those lines, Google has revamped its, quote, take action, end quote, page to urge people to speak out about the whole ITU, WCIT process, which will be kicking off on December 3rd. If you want a simple video that explains what's happening, the one at whatistheitu.org, is really fantastic. It explains how the Internet grew based on an open, bottom-up process technological experts rather than a closed, top-down setup by a large bureaucracy. And we should be concerned when anyone tries to flip that process. Again, that website is whatistheitu.org. From democracynow.org. Judge denies bail request from accused Stratfor hacker Jeremy Hammond. A federal judge has rejected a request by lawyers for accused hacker Jeremy Hammond to release the imprisoned activist into house arrest. Hammond is accused of being a member of the hacker group Anonymous and has been charged with hacking into the computers of the private intelligence firm Stratfor. The whistleblowing website WikiLeaks has continued to release the Stratfor documents which number in the millions. Hammond's supporters say the documents shed light on how the private intelligence firm monitors activists and spies for corporate clients. Jeremy Hammond has been held without bail or trial for more than eight months. His lawyers argued Tuesday the accused hacker would be unable to review the troves of digitized evidence released to the case from jail, but their request for his release was denied. Jeremy Hammond's supporter Sue Crabtree defended his alleged actions. Sue Crabtree, quote, The media calls Jeremy a hacker, a member of Anonymous. The courts and those pursuing his prosecution call him a criminal. But we call Jeremy a hero. We ask what crimes has Jeremy committed that haven't equally exposed the very crimes of the state prosecuting him. And again we say, exposing the crimes of the state is not a crime. From EFF.org by Trevor Tim, Homeland Security wants to more than double its predator drone fleet inside the U.S., despite safety and privacy concerns. Despite renewed criticism, from both parties in Congress that domestic drones pose a privacy danger to U.S. citizens and a report from its own inspector general recommending to stop buying them, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, has indicated it wants to more than double its fleet of predator drones used to fly surveillance missions inside the United States. Yesterday, California Watch reported that DHS signed a contract that could be worth as much as $433 million with General Atomics for the purchase of up to 14 additional Predator drones to fly near the border of Mexico and Canada. Congress would still need to appropriate the funds, but if they did... DHS drone fleet would increase to 24. While many people may think the U.S. only flies predator drones overseas, DHS has already spent two hundred fifty million dollars over the last six years on ten surveillance predators of its own. Customs and Border Protection, CBP, a division of DHS, uses the unmanned drones inside the U.S. to patrol the borders with surveillance equipment like video cameras, infrared cameras, heat sensors, and radar. They say the drones are vital to the fight to stop illegal immigrants, but as EFF reported in June, the DHS inspector general issued a report faulting DHS for wasting time, money, and resources using drones that were ineffective and lacked oversight. The inspector general chastised the agency for buying two drones last year despite knowing these problems and recommending they cease buying them until the problems could be fixed. Perhaps worse, the DHS is also flying predator drone missions on behalf of a diverse group of local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies for missions beyond immigration issues. We know they have lent the drones out to the county sheriff's department in North Dakota and the Texas Rangers, among others, but unfortunately we don't know the full extent of the DHS lending program. DHS, as is their custom, is keeping that information secret. In response, last month, EFF sued DHS under the Freedom of Information Act, demanding answers about how and why it loans out its predator drones to other law enforcement agencies across the country. EFF's lawsuit asks for the records and logs of CBP drone flights conducted in conjunction with other agencies. These drones pose a multitude of privacy concerns to all Americans, as the Congressional Research Service, Congress's nonpartisan research arm, detailed in this comprehensive report on domestic drones and the Fourth Amendment link in the show notes. The report explains drones can be equipped with, among other capabilities, facial recognition technology, fake cell phone towers to intercept phone calls, texts, and GPS locations, and in a few years will even be able to see through walls. Despite these concerns, DHS has not publicly issued any privacy rules to make sure drones do not spy on U.S. residents in border states going about their daily lives. In fact, at a congressional hearing on the subject, DHS refused to send anyone to testify, leading both parties to criticize their absence. This is even more troubling, given DHS is also leading the push to get local police agencies to purchase their own drones by handing out $4 million to agencies to, quote, facilitate and accelerate, end quote, their use. The FAA estimates as many as 30,000 drones could be flying over U.S. territory by the end of the decade. The booming drone industry, which has announced a PR campaign in an attempt to tamp down the public privacy concerns, is quick to point out that these police drones, which cost anywhere from under 100000 to $1 million, are smaller than predators and do not have the same flight time. So police could not be able to surveil Americans for hours or days at a time like Predator drones could, yet the technology advances rapidly and becomes cheaper every year. Smaller drones will soon be able to fly for an extended time period as well. For example, Lockheed Martin has developed a drone that weighs only 13.2 pounds, well within the FAA's domestic weight limits, and can be recharged by a laser on the ground, allowing it to remain in the air indefinitely. Several members of Congress have commendably introduced bills that would protect the privacy of Americans and increase transparency surrounding their use. These members who voted for increased drone use in February but have recently expressed second thoughts should call DHS representatives before Congress to explain their position. The American people deserve answers about to whom Homeland Security is loaning its drones, how DHS plans on protecting Americans' privacy, and why they even need any more, given they are misusing the drones they already have. Other headlines in the news. To read these stories, please follow the links in the show notes. Reform to require warrant private online messages up for vote, but down on privacy. Bose blatant security hole from AT&T? Face five years in jail. Forty years ago, the Supreme Court effectively banned software patents. Remember that? Police raid. Police raid, nine-year-old Pirate Bay girl. Confiscate Winnie the Pooh Laptop Production and editorial selection is done by Deep Geek. Views of the story authors reflect their own opinions and not necessarily those of talkgeek to me News News from Tector, RawStory.com and AllGov.com used under arranged permission. News from torrentfreak.com, sacsis.org.za, and eff.org are used under permission of the Creative Commons by Attribution license. News from WL Central and Democracy Now are used under permission of the Creative Commons by Attribution non-commercial no-derivative license. News from rhrealitycheck.org is used under permission of the Creative Commons by Attribution share-alike license. News sources retain their respective copyrights. Speaking for myself here, I just want to say thank you to Deep Geek for letting me help out with Talk Geek to me news. Think TGTM is important because Deep Geek highlights stories on issues that don't normally see the light of day. Don't always agree with the things that are said in the stories or the opinions expressed by the writers, but I've always felt that it's important to see another person's side of an issue before you make up your mind about it. There's so much propaganda in our media these days that if it were up to them, we wouldn't be allowed to make up our mind. Our society has become so partisan that we're not even allowed to debate issues with our good friends who may have different opinions than us. We believe that a free and open forum of discussion is important for society. We believe that the Internet is the appropriate place for that. And I commend Deep Geek and Talk To Me News. For being a source of topics that we normally wouldn't even realize exist. Because of Talk geek to me news, we have a place to discover these topics. And because of the internet and our internet communities, we have places to discuss them. Mankind the world over seems to be in a quagmire these days. We're so partisan, so at each other's throats, that we don't even want to listen to someone else's opinion on a topic because we may disagree with them on a different topic. I think the only way we're ever going to get out of this is by looking at issues that the media and the governments don't want us to look at because they want us distracted. distract. We need to discuss these things and decide how to deal with them. Our world, our society, and our communities are made up of great people who we talk to each and every day. Because of corrupt leadership and ineffectual news organizations, we look like cats and dogs fighting from a 10,000-foot view. It's time we put a stop to our bickering. It's time we listened respectfully to other people's opinions. And it's time to identify and correct the real problems in our world. Talk geek to me news may be doing a small part, but it's doing its part. And for that, I'm grateful. Give up the good work, DG.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Talk geek to me Here are the vital statistics for this program. Your feedback matters to me. Please send your comments to dg at deepgeek.us. The webpage for this program is at www.talkgeektome.us. You can subscribe to me on Identica as the username DeepGeek, or you could follow me on Twitter. My username there is dgtgtm, as in DeepGeek talk geek to me. This episode of talk geek to me is licensed under the creative Commons attribution share like 3.0 Unpoured license. This license allows commercial reuse of the work as well as allowing you to modify the work so long as you share alike the same rights you have received under this license. Thank you for listening to this episode of talk geek to me.
1: HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binref.com. All binref projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.